This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Hello, everybody. It is Erin here, and today I'm so excited to have Rebecca Biggie joining me on the show. She is a podcast host of the podcast Confidently She, a speaker, and a confidence coach. Her main mission is to help women think less about their body and more about their life. She believes self-consciousness is the biggest thing standing in the way of your happiness, and it's what drives her to do the work that she does. Her writing has been published in The Every Girl, Bustle, and a number of other high-profile publishing suites that you definitely know of. On her 25th birthday, Rebecca launched Confidently She!, a weekly podcast sharing her faith-based perspective on facing insecurities every woman struggles with, regardless of their size or status. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me on, Erin. I feel like really pumped because your Instagram account was one of the first ones that I stumbled across getting into all of this and was like, oh, no yes, way. Like this is someone else who's doing something like I want to do. So this is really cool to talk with you. Wow. I'm so excited to share a bit more of your story with our audience because I think it's really inspiring and a little bit different than what we hear usually in this conversation around self-love and body confidence. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a confidence coach? Yes. So the way I got started was really just wanting a platform to share my journey and struggle really with body image as a woman who didn't necessarily ever struggle with weight from a health perspective. So I never had a diagnosed eating disorder. I was never told by a doctor that I needed to lose or gain weight in order to be healthy. And because of that, When I felt these insecurities about my body, my gut reaction was, there must be something wrong with you. If you are living in a body that culturally is accepted as beautiful, but you still have these feelings of inadequacy, what's wrong with you? I felt like I didn't have permission to feel insecure as someone who who didn't struggle with weight. And unfortunately, as women, We have so much more to be insecure about, right? Anyone who is thin or or beautiful can tell you that is not the answer to solving your insecurity problem. In fact, it just makes you focus on your insecurities more because you're so aware of your body and everyone else is so aware of your body. So I had gone through a, a few bad relationships that really uncovered how much weight and worth I put in the opinions of others and how people saw me. And I really had to start over from from a really toxic relationship and 
ask myself some tough questions like, who are you? And who gets to decide what you're worth and your value? And how are you going to show up in the world? Because I had really lost a lot of the confidence that I once had. And so the podcast was a way for me to just share that. I was like, listen, I I want women to know that they're not the only skinny, pretty girl who goes home and cries and looks in the mirror and wishes that things were different because the way that our world has these expectations of our bodies is that it is impossible. Like it, it is just impossible no matter how close you feel to that finish line. So I wanted to start that podcast and just let me, women know that they're not alone. And then it evolved into, into speaking arrangements and, and private coaching and getting to hear some of the stories and, and walk alongside these women as they are going through some of the toughest parts of their life and really help them grow and, and become confident in that. So I, I started the podcast when I was 25. So that was in 2017. It's been about two years at this point. And it has been one of the most rewarding things that that I could do. So I, I'm curious what you felt was a little different about my story than what we normally hear. Well, I feel that so often when we are in this body confidence, um, body positivity conversation, that there's room for women who are struggling with their weight or not even struggling with their weight, but coming to accept their body and that have a very specific body type that are almost allowed to be part of the conversation. And I know for myself personally that it has taken a lot of time and a lot of work to feel comfortable having a voice in this conversation as somebody who is five foot 11 and has a thinner frame. I felt for a long time like I didn't get to have a voice. And in fact, many people told me straight out, how are you going to talk to other girls about this? All these, you know, seeds of belief were planted within me that really made me feel like I couldn't show up. And if you scroll on our feed, I share primarily the bodies and stories of other women and not myself. It's only now in the last few months where I'm starting to show up and find my voice personally in this conversation to say, listen, like, it doesn't matter what your body looks like. The standards, as you said, are impossible to reach. Anybody can feel imperfect. Anybody can feel limiting beliefs about themselves. Anybody can feel insecure in this world that we live in of perfectly curated photographs. It doesn't matter what size you are because the standards are impossible. And in fact, when you grow up, and this wasn't necessarily the case for me, but what I've seen in so many of the women that I've interviewed is that it's often the most typically beautiful women, like the women who would meet, be closest to meeting society's definition of beautiful, that struggled the most with the limiting beliefs and insecurities about their looks because of exactly what you just said. All their life, all of their value and contribution to the world has been placed on their appearance. So upholding that becomes a really anxiety-ridden experience. Now, this isn't to say that one party has it easier or better than the other party. It's just to say that really we're all in this together. And I think that's a little bit different than the majority of women I've interviewed who are in this body positivity, confidence conversation is that they 
don't tend to say straight out, I didn't have a weight problem. I'm a pretty like relatively okay looking person, but I still was faced with so much insecurity. Yeah. I think that that's the best message to say, because then we can tell everyone like, hey, listen, even when you have the thing that you think you need, like I have this thing you think you need. And let me tell you, it's not going to be enough. The thing that you're seeking is not what's going to be the answer anyway. So like, you don't have to kill yourself over trying to lose those five pounds or get rid of your wrinkles or do the surgery or whatever, because no matter how close you are to the finish line, there is no finish line because beauty is, is subjective. And what one person finds beautiful, someone else is like, nah, that's just okay. Absolutely. It's so, so true. Now, what would you say to an individual who's listening right now, who's like, I'm at an unhealthy weight. I know that my health is being affected by the weight. So for me, losing five pounds would feel really good and would make me feel you know, better in my body. How do we balance these messages of being comfortable and confident in yourself, loving yourself, but also feeling your best, feeling healthy and confident in your body? Like, How do we as coaches help support women in finding that happy place within their body on all levels. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because to me, it's there's such an obvious answer that it's like, well, we just stop thinking about the way we look and why we need to do the things we do. So because there are a lot of women I talk with who are massively underweight and they're afraid to gain weight. They're afraid to, to lose the figure that they have. But when you think about your body, think about what its purpose is. So in my coaching, I talk a lot about purpose. I talk about why and like the deeper reason that you even have a body. And it's not to be beautiful, to maintain a certain weight, and to prolong aging as much as possible or as long as possible. Like that can't be the reason, right? Because no. human bodies are designed to decay. So why would the purpose be to fight that? Like it's like against nature. So if taking care of yourself, if losing or gaining weight is going to help you in your purpose for your body, if you can't move without uh, it being uncomfortable, or if you can't do certain activities for very long before you get tired, yeah, it might be beneficial to further the purpose of your body to take care of your body. And that's really how I view self-care and self-love is the same as loving or caring for anything else. It doesn't mean you let it do whatever it wants, but it also doesn't mean you don't let it do anything. You think of a healthy parent and child relationship a good parent looks at their child and says, I want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy. I want you to do the things you love, but I'm also not going to let you stay up until four in the morning eating Skittles and popcorn <laughs> on a school night. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to let you do that because I love you. Like, <laughs> that's not a thing. Out of love. I can't let you do that. Right. And the <laughs> child doesn't like it. They're going to say, I hate you, mom. And you are going to have to be the adult and say, All right, I get that. So, like, you don't always like the things that you do to keep yourself healthy and to keep yourself in a place where your body is functioning well. So when I think of, of physical health, I think of areas like strength, endurance, flexibility, 
energy levels. I, I don't think in terms of calories, exercise, weight, anything like that, unless there are specific like dietary things that that are going on. But otherwise, it's what's really going on here? Do you want to become stronger? Do you want to become more flexible? What's the problem that you see with how your body functions physically and moves physically? Because maybe the truth is you don't need to lose five pounds, but if you start treating your body in a way that is caring for it, you might end up doing that as a result of doing the necessary things that your body needs. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like we... We always talk about on here and on Instagram page and wherever it is that we have to start nurturing those processes of and rituals around self-love and self-care first. We can't wait to lose the weight and then hope that all of a sudden we feel more self-love and that all of a sudden we start taking care of ourselves from a different place. We have to nurture that first and then your body will do what it needs to do, whether that's gaining weight or losing weight or staying exactly where it is accordingly. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know for mm -hmm. you, what's the difference between self-love and self-care? 
I don't know if there is a distinct difference between the two for me. It depends on if you're act if you're coming from a place of action or a place of just like being. So I think self-care is more action focused and self-love is more more being focused. Like if you if you love yourself, that's a state of being. Mm-hmm. That's like a choice you make. And then the actions are are self-care, taking care of yourself. So when it comes to self-love, I think we we get it really mixed up in our heads about what that looks like. We try to go directly at it, but I see self-love as like this inner thing that you can't get to without doing the self-care steps. And when I say self-care, I mean things like, okay, so like the five love languages, right? Mm-hmm. If anybody listening hasn't read the five love languages or at least done the online quiz, it's a free online quiz, the five love languages, you need to do it now. It's amazing for understanding your partners, but also yourself and your friendships and your relationships. The five love languages, we'll make sure we link to it in the show notes. Perfect. So what I did a few a few months back was why am I not applying these love languages to the relationship I have with myself? Why am I not doing this? I do this with everyone else, but not with me. And so if you think from a place of if, if your love language is quality time and you never spend a second alone during the day, that's where I'm going to point you to to start cultivating love for yourself the same way you would for your partner. I love this. Yeah, the same way you would expect from a partner. And words of encouragement, Mm. words of affirmation. Oh my goodness. If your love language is words of affirmation and you have this reel of negativity going through your mind all day, no wonder you don't love yourself because you haven't been giving your body and yourself the love language that it needs in order to thrive. It maybe you're a gift gift giving person. So doing the bubble bath or doing the manicure or doing something tangible to your body or with your body is going to be the thing for you. So break that down and find creative ways to actually love yourself in the same way you would love someone else because I think it's really easy especially as women for us to find ways to love others. But then we get it all goofy in our minds when when we're like, well, but how do I do that for myself? And it's like, well, it's the same thing. You just do the same thing. You do it for yourself. I absolutely love this. And I've never heard it before. This is such an incredible idea Mm. because I've always thought of the (laughs) five love languages in relation to others. But why not speak your love language to yourself? If you don't know what we're talking about right now, just like pause the thing, go do the test. Basically what you learn is how you give and receive love to others using five love languages. The five love languages help me out of Rebecca if I, if I miss one, but uh, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, and acts of service. So generally yes. you speak speak to others, you show love and affection to others using the language which you require for yourself. But sometimes other people have other love languages. So you need to learn how to speak their love language in order to have them feel loved. If you know what your love language is, you can start 
actually giving yourself love by speaking that to them. I love this. This is brilliant. Such an easy, tangible tool for people to start using. What are your love languages? My main one is quality time. And I'm realizing as I get older that my second main one, because you have like the primary and the secondary. So the secondary is words of affirmation. So it makes sense looking back that when I would get down on myself, it impacted me so much more because one of my main love languages was positive affirmation and words of encouragement. So to be tearing myself down, the simple step of even stopping, that's the other part of self-love and self-care. You can't go from a place of criticism, negativity, and, and this heaviness to, oh, self-love. Now I love myself two weeks later. And, and it's great. You know, it's, yeah, it's like, no, no but the, it's a process and it's okay to just get to neutral is a win. It, that is a huge win to just get to neutral or to stop those negative thoughts 10 minutes sooner. We're not going towards perfection. We're just going towards changing that pattern because that's really what confidence is, is a pattern of trusting yourself and of, of really being your own support system within your mind. Can you like back the train up a little bit here. And can you tell us a little bit about your own journey from being this girl who was sort of plagued with negative self-talk and limiting beliefs to stepping into a place where you're now a confidence coach? Well, it's been a few years and the, the main thing was realizing that it was okay for me to feel bad about what was going on. That was the biggest turning point was that, you know what, Rebecca, I remember, I remember sitting down in my apartment. Um, I had been single for a while out of that toxic relationship. And I kind of look myself in the mirror, not actually, but you know, sitting on the floor and I'm like, Rebecca, yes. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't used to always be this way. Like what type of thoughts are you believing about yourself? Like, this is really bad. And you need to do something about this. And, and that was the biggest moment of just realization that it's like, you know what, this isn't some stupid thing that is fleeting in your mind, like, oh, I just need to get over it. Like, that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I hear women say when they're kind of talking through it, they discredit their own struggle. And once I, I said to myself, like, yes, this is a big deal. And you need to do something about it. I started just from kind of what I laid out before, like I have a very logical side of me. I'm not very woo-woo spirit. I'm spiritual, but it's in a very logical sense. Like, okay, what's the problem? What's the solution? <laughs> like, so I realized, well, when did this start? It started with this guy who started questioning everything that you were and trying to shape you into a version of yourself that he liked. And why did that always feel so difficult? Why did that always feel so hard? Why did I never feel like I was enough for him? And then that made me feel like I wasn't enough. And so I, I, I said, well, you know what, Rebecca, you don't have to be enough for everyone. Maybe he was looking for someone who's totally different from you. And that's on him to think that I could become that, like whatever. Maybe he's looking for someone different. And that's not a slight to you. That just means 
he's looking for someone different. And, and rather than force mm. yourself into fitting into some mold that's really uncomfortable for you, and especially around my body. So I'll just get specific. He would always talk about like Kim Kardashian is like so beautiful and like, oh, she's so sexy. And if you look at me, like I'm very thin, like not super curvy. I don't have big boobs. And I would kind of sit back and go, gosh, I don't look like that. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Like maybe, maybe I would be more feminine if I had a curvier figure. Maybe he doesn't find me very attractive because of that. And so I started seeing my body as less feminine, less attractive. And this was also around the time uh, the real women have curves kind of body positivity thing was gaining speed. And so to me, hearing that, I was like, oh, I'm not a real woman unless I have a curvier body. That sucks. Uh, what do I do with that? And so just having this this moment of realization, like, there will always be someone out there who wants or is looking for something different than what you have. But rather than trying to become that thing to appease that person, what if you just focus on who you are and what you already have, double down on that, and then attract the person who's interested in that. And, and then one time I told myself, I was like, Rebecca, someone mm -hmm. who is like really attracted to women with big boobs is never going to be attracted to you. And that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to try <laughs> to like have bigger boobs. Like you can just be you and, and that'll be fine. And so, so that was like the moment of realization that it's like, wow, as someone who's been called beautiful, I felt an obligation to have to be beautiful to everyone. That's not a weight that I need to carry. I don't need to do that. It's not possible. Yes. So then my next step was, okay, so it's possible to be beautiful as you, Rebecca. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, let's find some proof. So I looked at celebrities who had a similar body type that I did. And I found Kate Hudson. You know, she had smaller boobs, thinner frame, but she's beautiful, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, Rebecca, well, if she can be beautiful and she can rock her A-cup bra, then so can you. And so, like, that's one thing that I do with my clients in, like, a positive way is say, okay, I want you to find a celebrity that you feel has a body type similar to yours and use that as proof yeah. that, like, this is acceptable, you don't have to be the Kim Kardashian. You don't have to be the whoever you have in your mind. There are all types of women out there who are beautiful and who and, and beautiful isn't even the goal. Like we don't I don't even know if we have time to get into that. But like <laughs> beautiful isn't the goal. Oh, yeah, we're going to go. Okay, there. OK, OK, good. We're going to go there. I want to just press pause because I'm loving this one, too. If you're listening to this episode right now, I want you to take a screenshot right now. Tag Rebecca and I in it and then tell us which celebrity's body shape do you have? Who are you? Are you a Kim K? Are you a Kate Hudson? Are you a Meghan Markle? Are you a Lizzo? Where are you at? I want to hear which celebrity's body type you have and just screenshot it and then tell us. I cannot wait to hear this. This is such a fun exercise. I love this because the reality is when we look out into 
the world. Yes, there are certain body types that are more celebrated. And today we're lucky that, you know, it's even more body types that are being celebrated. But at the end of the day, there's seven plus billion people on the planet and seven plus billion bodies. And the reality is, is that so often I think that we almost play small and keep ourselves playing small and blame it on our body. I don't have that body type, so I can't be loved. I can't go out on that first date. There's not even any point. Or I don't have that body, so I'll never be X, Y, and Z. Or I can't be a musician or I can't show up in that way. Now, I want to talk about what you were just hinting at right now, that beauty and our body isn't the goal. It's not the goal. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So... That was kind of the next part, the next phase of my journey. Like when I was in that place of like, I'm just not enough and I'm not worthy. I had to do some things to get me to the point to believe that I could be beautiful and I and I was worthy. And then that's when I had the realization of, okay, so even if I was beautiful, even if I was with a man who thought that I was gorgeous, whatever, that beauty that cultural definition of beauty, whatever, is going to change. And it's not probably not changing for the better. I'm getting older, right? Like we're all aging, we're all decaying, right? Like bodies fall apart. That's what they're designed to do. And so I'm like, now, Rebecca, you can't rebuild your identity just on a newfound definition of beauty because you're still founded on beauty. And as a feminist and as, you know, just someone who really loves the hearts of women, we settle for being only beautiful because it's a pretty comfortable place to settle when you have the cultural definition, like pretty close. You get a lot. People are nice to you. You get a lot of things that that other people don't. And that's just true. It's a comfortable place to settle. But I didn't want to settle there. I was like, I refuse to be seen as only beautiful. And that starts with how I see myself. Because I was seeing myself as beauty is the highest level of social currency that I have to offer. So I'm just going to kind of bank on that and ride it out until I can't anymore, I guess. But your currency is always depleting if you're measuring yourself to the social standard of beauty. Because exactly. as an aging woman, according to society, we are losing value, which I think is a totally... BS backwards way of looking at things, (laughs) which needs to have its own podcast episode completely. So when, I mean, I work with so many women who are that standard type of beautiful, but who have hit a plateau where they are so unhappy because they haven't had to invest any time in getting to know themselves and their value beyond your, beyond their beauty. And it is an empty feeling. It's an empty feeling. So how do you start to find your value beyond your beauty when that's something that you've sort of been leaning on for for a long time? Yeah. Well, your other muscles start to atrophy, right? So if you've been leaning on the the beauty muscle, (laughs) your your other muscles are kind of atrophying. So, So I took a look at myself and was like, all right, Rebecca, you're not a very interesting person right now. Like, let's be honest. Like you don't have a ton of hobbies. You don't have a ton of things that like you care about outside of like a relationship. I was so consumed with my relationship that I was like, you're, you're not very interesting. 
And there's something you can do about that. Like you can start learning something new. You can start traveling somewhere. You can start trying new things and figuring out what you like. Because I think so often we box ourselves into the identity that we had like in high school, the last time we were really figuring out who we are. Oh, I'm an athlete. Oh, I'm a theater type. I'm the smart person. Yeah, and, and maybe you are, but like, you're also 10 years older now and you get to decide if you're going to still be like the athlete or whatever. So I started picking up some different hobbies. I started really leaning into, well, then the next thing I did was, okay, I'll just lean hard into my career. I'll lean hard into that and I will find my value and my worth in how much money I'm making. And that is not a great idea, mm. I will tell you, <laughs> because that can change too. So the common thread of insecurity is hidden in the name. It's not secure. So the way you look is going to change. How much money you make is, is going to change. Your job is going to change. Your relationships will change. So you need to go deeper than that. And that's when things start getting a little scary because you're like, wait, hold on. If I can't be defined and, and measured by the way I look or what I do or my role as a mother or my role in my family or my role in my relationship, what am I defined as? And that was the place that I really dug into my faith and my identity as someone who's created in this world because i believe that every human was created on purpose by god you could believe in a higher being whichever religion you believe in mm -hmm. i believe in a higher power i believe that humans have purpose and i think deep down we all know we have purpose but we just don't know how to cultivate that and bring that out. And so the fact that I was uniquely designed and created is one of the things that I always go to when I start feeling down about my body because it's like, hey, man, listen, I didn't choose this. Someone with infinite you know, wisdom and power that's beyond me decided to, to put my personality in this body. So... What do you think he was trying to do with that? Like, like what purpose did he put Rebecca in this body and Aaron in that body? Because I think that was on purpose. Mm -hmm. So what, what should I do with it? That's like the, the deeper, deeper level that I go to is that, you know, this is, this is by design. And instead of trying to fight and disagree or figure out the reasoning, just, just figuring out what to do with it. And I think that being in a, a body like this, that shaped my journey. And that brought me to talking with other women about accepting who they are. And I think that if I were in a different type of body, my struggle would be different. And so then my story would be different. So the thing, like, that's also a cool part of it, mm -hmm. that your story and your struggle is used to help others too. I absolutely love all of that. So beautiful. What would you say to people who are struggling to figure out what their purpose is and what their passion is beyond the way that they look? Literally any body size, whatever it is, maybe there's a lot of focus right there. And they're like, I want to shift that focus away from food and my body and the limiting beliefs, but I don't know where to focus it. I don't know what to think about, or I don't know what my passion is. What would you say to those individuals? Where do you begin in finding that? 
finding your passion. Well, I think that the best passions come from our pain. Passion mm-hmm. literally means to suffer for. And the thing that you have grown the most in or the thing that almost broke you is probably the thing that you're going to be the most passionate about. That's that's the thing I'm the most passionate about. And so what you do with that pain, if you haven't healed it, you need to heal it. But if you do feel stronger in it, then that's when you start focusing outward. So when you're going through the pain, you need to, and I think of it kind of like a toothache, right? So if you have pain on the surface, you need to go deeper, get the root canal. You know, it's not pretty, it's not fun, but it needs to happen in order for that surface <laughs> level pain to come out of that toothache. So you need to go deeper mm-hmm. into the pain to heal and to really clean it out and, and to make sure that you're healing properly. And then you can go outward and you can say, listen, this is how I want to help other people. And I know how much it hurts to go through this. And that's what makes me uniquely qualified and uniquely passionate about helping other people with it. Because I honestly think the antidote to insecurity is thinking less about yourself and more about other people. I mean, you could spend the rest of your life helping solve the problems that you have overcome in other people. You don't need to make a career out of it. You don't need to make, you know, you don't need to start your own business or or do your own thing, but but that could be your heart and that could be something that you do like volunteering or just just something that your passion project really is. And like you said, I think it's interesting when you're like, what would I even think about if I didn't think about my body and my insecurities? And that's just such a true idea because I remember the the first few times when I was getting ready in the morning and I wasn't criticizing or analyzing my body, how much peace I had. And I didn't even realize it until mm. later in the day, I was like, oh my goodness, I went through my whole morning routine and I did not once think negatively or, or analyze or compare anything about my body. I was like, I had so much peace. I didn't even know it. Like you're just so much more at rest. It's yeah. It's like, what do I even think about? And it's like, well, you can just rest. (laughs) Exactly. You can think (laughs) about the things as well that are, are bigger than your body. It's I think connecting to something that is bigger than your body and filling your mind and your heart and your soul up with that it squishes out all those other thoughts. I can't honestly tell you, you know, of one specific time when all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm living in self-love or I haven't had those thoughts. It all happened so slowly in bits and pieces and shifts and fits and starts and ups and downs Exactly to the point where it's like, I honestly think some people must think like, of course, she still has an eating disorder or, you know, of course she focuses on her body because I'm a little bit more thin. And I just can't even tell you, like (laughs) my mind has so many other things filling it up right now to focus on anything other than fueling my body and keeping my energy high. And, you know, I look at my body as this tool that allows me to do this work, that allows me to hug my babies, that allows me to show up for my family, that allows me to love my husband. And so I want to keep it healthy and strong and vibrant for those reasons. I literally like the other day, 
somebody was visiting us. We live up in Whistler. And so we have friends coming all the time who want to ski on the weekends. And she's like, hey, wh where's your mirror? And I was like, what do you, oh, we don't have a full length mirror in our house. And we haven't had one for oh a year. God. And I didn't even realize it. Like, it's just not a thing, right? Of course, I look yeah. in the mirror and I do my hair and I'm like, it's not like I'm a total, I've completely checked out of this planet, but it's in comparison <laughs> to where I was years ago. It's just like, there's no time or space for that. <laughs> right. Yes. But it came from focusing on something bigger than myself. It came from starting this conversation in 2014 about women and our body image and where we were at. And I wasn't healed completely when I started that conversation. That's something else to note is that sometimes just dipping your toe in and starting that process or, you know, listening to, as Rachel Hollis says, that knocking on your heart, just taking those little steps in, sometimes in the process of following those little dreams or those things calling to you, you heal as well. And that was certainly the case for me too. I wasn't fully healed really either. I think the more you talk about it and the more you the more you explore that area, you also find little pieces that still need healing as well. So it kind of uncovers more, more things to do, but yeah, the journey is never done. Yeah. yeah, We never <laughs> fully heal. And that's one thing I think that discourages some people is that they're like, well, I'm just so far gone and there's no way I can make it to that other side. And it's like, well, dude, none of us are on the other side. We're just like taking one day at a time. And just because you'll never reach a point of perfection doesn't mean you don't start the journey. doesn't mean you, you don't get out of where you are. And it, it's not as difficult as it sounds to do that incremental healing. And then you gain the momentum and you do have some quantum leaps. And then you have some little stumbles, you have some little baby steps and then you go back and then you go forward. Like it's exactly like what you said, but through all of that, there's always that forward progress and we've got other work to do. Like that's the thing that like lights me up and, and almost pisses me off that it's like, ladies, like we've got other stuff to worry about than the way our body looks. And yes, it's like totally valid to have these insecurities, but like we've got other more important things to do with this precious short time we have. And the less time and energy we spend worrying about our body, comparing ourselves to other people, the more time and energy we have to, first of all, enjoy life. Like you were designed to enjoy the food you eat. Otherwise you wouldn't have taste buds. You were designed to enjoy your body and to, to use it in a powerful way. Otherwise you wouldn't have muscles that could grow or shrink or like the reason why our bodies are so dynamic is because they're designed to be used. So the purpose of your body from that perspective, like enjoying your food, but not focusing on it so much to a point where, where you're obsessing over it, just living your life, like getting back to where food is normal, moving your body is normal, and you're just enjoying your life and figuring out your purpose. Like that's the result of a positive body image. Mm, so powerful and so, so possible. So possible. Never, never get yes. up on yourself. Yes. Never believe that you're too far gone. Listen, like I was in the hospital for three months. I was told I would never be able to have kids. My internal organs were shutting down and look where I am now. You are never 
too far gone as long as you are breathing and this and and just knowing as well people like Rebecca and I who are so passionate about this we're a DM away so always keeping that in mind Rebecca if I had to ask you this final question what is your message to women of the world oh wow my <laughs> no pressure my message is that you are so much more than your body. So yes, love your body, but the way you get there is by focusing on, on other things and realizing that you have so much more to offer people than the way you look. And that starts with how you view yourself, your perspective and your perception of yourself is what sets the tone for other people. And that's a good thing because that means you have control over it. So see yourself as more than a body and then you will become more than a body to other people. Thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like there were so many great takeaways yeah. in this episode <laughs> and such a fresh perspective. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Where can people connect with you if they uh, want more Rebecca? Yeah. So the best way to, to get more of me is to listen to Confidently She. That's my podcast. It's on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere that there are podcasts. And then you could also connect with me on Instagram. That's where I'm hanging out every day. And that's at Rebecca Biggie. I'm sure you can spell that out for them because my first and last name are both spelled very differently than you would think. Yes. Head on over to the show notes and um, we'll make sure that we're linking to her over there because it is a little bit tricky, not as it sounds. So click on the show notes and we'll link you on over to her profile. Thank you again, Rebecca. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And as always, as you listened to this episode, I hope you remembered that your body and your life is different than anybody else's out there. So as you tune in and take these tools to apply to your own life, really check in with which ones resonate with you and leave the others behind. I cannot wait to see you next week. Thanks again. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com listen or on your favorite podcast platform.